0: Think of the Tour of France and the Worlds, because we had a lot of the same protagonists showing up on the headlines this weekend. Liege, Bastogne, Liege. 2020 will go down in history as one of the most amazing races ever. We had one winner. We had one loser, big loser. We had two that were basically robbed. And we had the UCI, which probably didn't have the balls to do the right thing in anyway, So they were bailed out by Roglic. We'll get to all of that. Hey, we break down LBL and the craziness there. Uh, The Giro kicks off. Lopez does the same thing he did in the Tour de France, which is crash, stage one. We'll talk about that and show it. Ghana, he rides uh, strong. And some other issues we have going on, such as the Giro up to stage three. And some corrections. Corrections. um, Mr. Quinn Simmons and his video, or the video I did uh, for that on episode 205. Check that out. Uh, Basically, it was uh, the media's treatment of Quinn Simmons, huge, huge mind F, mind fart um, on my part. Uh, this is what, you know, so look, I, I do a draft and Chris and Kirk could, could attest to this. Um, I don't have a script, but I do uh, some bullet points and um, don't always go with, with what they'll say, but what they help me do, sometimes I, sh- I write things out and then uh, I don't read them. I just kind of go along with what I remember from there. Well, I don't know where I got Kobe Bryant in my head. But it definitely was Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick was who I was going for. Had the right mind. Um, maybe it was because I thought Quinn uh, Simmons was being effed in Colorado, where he lives, uh, and so I just thought of Kobe Bryant because that's what he did in Colorado. I don't know. Um, bad, bad, bad karma here. Anyway, so let's start right off with some of the uh, the, the issues people had with uh, that episode and if you uh, heard it um, uh, take, a, take a look at it or if you didn't hear it, take a look at it episode 205 basically where I talked about Quinn Simmons being a young cyclist uh, kind of how the treatment and then we'll go over some of the comments too so Kobe Bryant what the F it's it's Colin Kaepernick Colin Kaepernick once again um, do I miss Kobe Bryant I like Kobe Bryant but um, it, is, is he dead to me he's, he's well literally is but Colin Kaepernick might be as well Insensitive, Tyler. Insensitive. Why don't, you, why don't you back off? Okay, I will. Um, what about the other? You know, I had a few other things here, but uh, Kurt pointed out to me, um, evidently, you know, Dutch, they are the, our longest standing ally. Yes, I understand that. Hey, New Amsterdam, uh, that's what New York is now called. You know, they were over here. They're but the big part of our history. They've been allies with us since the Revolutionary War. Um, I think John Adams bought a house in Amsterdam, no, The Hague, and I think that turned into our first um, embassy. So yeah, I get it. However, they were really, really neutral (laughs) during a big section there where we could have used them, which was uh, World War I. Uh, Their neutrality did not uh, avoid them getting uh, overrun and overtaken, and then soon thereafter they came out of some neutrality around 1945. And uh, yeah, so they've been with us. fine i get it i like the wood shoes quality people um and their tulips so not a not a problem if that's your only and like i told kurt hey if that's your only objection i'm i'm good with it um i'm just saying there's a a section of of time there you know this reminded me (laughs) reminded me of uh the great documentary and i talk about many of these documentaries but this one a fish called wanda kevin klein he pretended to be cia to john cleese's wife there and she's um she said something about her dad was in MI6, I think, and he doesn't have a retort. So he just decides to just go off and go, you know, if it wasn't for America, you'd be the smallest effing province in the Russian empire, Soviet empire. I think he said, Hey, things happen. England's been our, our, our good ally for a long time. Dutch have, but you know, little segments here and there. And maybe this Quinn Simmons thing is not helping things either policy. Okay. Some, um, and really there was nothing really else to say i just wanted to 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 give that because kurt wanted to make sure i, I understood the uh, corrections let's go to some comments that some people had on um, youtube uh, i thought this one was actually pretty good by john simmons um he's got i'm going to venture to say that there was more going on between the team and him it quinn simmons that is before his last post i briefly tried twitter a while back don't do it john it's not smart Um, You're smart for staying off it and followed a bunch of cyclists, including Quinn. I stopped following him earlier this year because of stuff he was posting that discredited him, in my opinion. Right. And I say that about a lot of people on there. Booting him is a significant move. So Quinn's last comment was probably just the last in the latest string of offenses from the team's view. Um, And remember, they didn't boot him. They just suspended him. I think that is a huge, huge deal. Uh, He's paid uh, to be a rolling billboard. So, yeah, you drink Pepsi at the end of a race when you're supposed to be wearing a coat kit. Totally shake and bake. Um, We we saw that with uh, Teledeg and Knights. Um, So I understand that. Um, He wasn't booted. He was just suspended, which might be what you meant, um, John, there as well, which I totally understand. I just think it's significant that they didn't um, actually fire him and that they only suspended him. One, um, yeah, how many... (laughs) How many 19-year-olds on Twitter are you following and going, hmm, that is that is amazing what you're saying. There's a lot of dumb people, old people. Uh, and then I don't get my wisdom from these 19-year-olds just saying. Uh, also, you know, a lot of these kids, it's like the first time that they've thought of something, they think it's the first time anyone's thought of something and i don't doubt quinn's probably a little bit on that he's just opinionated he's a young kid he feels strong about what he feels um there's so many david hogg on the other side of the spectrum maybe you think that he's brilliant maybe he is um i I don't know i just don't don't follow many kids uh just saying that most kids that on twitter are shouldn't be uh followed in the first place my kids they're not on twitter because they think that's old people's land so there you go um so Actually I agree quite a bit there with what you just say, John. Uh Sean Bagley said, excellent content, Tyler. Well thank you. I uh can we can we go to No. How about this one? No? There we go. The clapping. The clapping. We'll we'll do that from there. Excellent content, Tyler. I'm just tired of cancel culture. The move they cower, they more they complain. The only made things worse, totally agree about the politics as well. they both suck. Thank you. Um, not sure about all of that there well actually that's pretty good. Uh, then we had this one. this guy actually ended up deleting this tweet. so he put his TW and you know I lost a few <laughs> lost a few subscribers over this one. eh what do you have? Uh, I thought it was a big issue. And, you know, if you don't, that's part part of the thing. If you don't like what's being said, and I don't think I took a controversial stand. I'm just basically saying, um, well, let's just read what this guy said. It said, covertly supporting apathy is a problem, which was bad and exploded in 1939. Remember that? And then one, two, three question marks. Okay, now I do. Uh, just don't raise your kids poorly and treat others poorly. Not cool. And, and I basically responded back, it's not on there anymore because he deleted the, the uh, post in YouTube. But it was like, I don't actually know Quinn. I don't know if he was raised well. Maybe he's online and, and you know, I mean, how many kids are doing that? Um, so I don't know. Maybe he, I, I don't think a kid, I don't know. I just don't know how he was raised. Uh, and I did an Edmund Burke quote, something like, um, you know, all it takes for evil to succeed is for good men to do nothing. That's kind of a, a, an idea of what you're talking about. And then I'm like, well, you know, 39. I remember what, Knock. I think it was 38. But you've got that. Um, is that what you're talking? Are you comparing digital black hand to Kristallnacht and the rise of the Nazis, uh, Hitler, you know, Khmer Rouge, Pol Pot? Uh, you've got uh, Lenin, Stalin, Pinochet. We'll pick right wing, left wing ones, doesn't matter. I don't think we're there. And if you're going to compare... Um, Quinn Simmons, what he did to that, then then you you're 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 part of the problem that I was I was speaking to. There's a big difference between Kristallnacht and Quinn Simmons <laughs> black hand. So which I think was by Felicia, but we don't have to get into that. Anyway, what about LBL? Liege baston Liege? Well, first of all, Flesh Willon should have given us a little precursor of what was to come and that Mark Hershey was riding well. Remember, he came off the Tour de France, it's out there in the in worlds. And now he gets a chance, he podiums in Worlds. Now he gets a chance to see what he can do um, at Liege Bastion Liege. He's one of them. Um, Philippe, former Liege Bastion Liege, I'm sorry, uh, festival winner, but didn't participate. Came off the tour strong, wins Worlds in demanding fashion there at the last 13K solo. And so we're looking for him as well. Then you got Roglic and Pogar, Pogacar coming out of the tour. It'd be interesting to see how they did. I thought actually the bink bank bink, bink tour, the finish there by uh, Matthew Vanderpol took like a 50 kilometer solo finish on Saturday to overtake Mads Pedersen, put Mads in, in somewhat difficulty trying to uh, get him back. Not only wins the stage, but ends up winning the uh, whole thing overall. So his legs might've been a little tired I think he's gonna be something to watch if and when we have Flanders due to COVID or Perry Robay due to COVID. So these guys though, you, once again, since these races are Amstel Golds off the, off the calendar, you don't say, oh, I'm gonna save myself for the next race because it might not be on calendar. So you might want to dig deep, go deep now and see what you can get. The women's side, um, Lizzie Dynan. Riding for the evil Empire Trek Sigafreddo, she won by nine seconds ahead of Grace Brown and Mitchell and Scott. She took a gap over the Cote de la Roche à uh, Falcone and kept it to the finish. Uh, Chase group formed behind, uh, but they couldn't bring Grace back, nor Lizzie, finishing Lizzie's teammate uh, Ellen Van Dyken. Ellen Van Dyke, sorry. Uh, taking the field sprint over Mariana Voss by 22 uh, minutes or so, or a minute and a half, I'm not sure what it was there. USA had Ruth Winder in 14th and Kristen Faulkner, Team Tipco, an NCNCA rider. Uh, in 20th, um, mentioned that Bink Bank and what was on tap and who was going to go. I have a little video, a little compilation here, and maybe we'll show that right now to and do some commentary along with it. hope we don't get a uh, copyright strike as we tend to want to do um, for some of these videos and things we're showing. So why don't we go right to it? Liege <sighs> Bastin Liege. Rex, early on you had, I think Jay McCarthy got caught up on a, on a pole there, but worse than him. I don't know what his, his, uh, from Bora, I don't know what his overall injuries are, but Greg Van Avermaet, he got torn up. I think some ligaments, some other damage, uh, Alaphilippe, not so great on the day. As far as early on, he had like two bike changes. He gets a little push back into the road. He's looking good. Oh, my cleat. Cleats all screwed up his, uh, managers sticking his hand out. there trying to do that. Finally, they just say, you know, what? let's put a shoe on him. When I tuned in, I, I rewatched the whole thing, but when I tuned in, he was wearing two different shoes and it reminded me of Mike Woods a few years ago in Liège Bastion, Liège. I think it was where he was wearing a, uh, one knee warmer, oh, you got Alex Howes on the back suffering 130 K already in trouble, the American champ break gets up the road. They stay away. Michael Schar is up there. Big, tall gentleman, NTT up the road. Uh, None of these guys are going to figure in the overall. I mean, look, LBL is a race that brings out the big hitters and usually have the high, high end of classics guys. Greg Van Avermaet as an example, uh, mixed in with the GC riders of the tour because there's just so much climbing. Uh, Even though they're not the long sustained climbs, it just wears on you. Treks out there supporting port. Um, Back further, you got, oh, you know what? Michael Woods looking pretty good. Roglic is looking well. He's got Dumoulin up there for him. And, uh, you know, we still got 20-some K. We went over the Rideau, and everyone was still all together. A little bit of a, a shake-up where some of the guys are going off the front. Uh, but Roglic looking well, and he was spinning well. You know, you want to see that he, he didn't look to me so good. Oops, that almost takes a, a fall there. He didn't look too good in the World Championships about his top end, but he was obviously strong enough still to be able to hold on to everybody. Um, they're getting ready for the, the last climb up the Foucault, and you got some NTT riders. Mickey Schar was out there earlier. I think he had already come back. Um, so Sunweb, they're queuing things up. And Teach Benut has been doing a lot of work on that team for Mark Hershey. We'll champion Alaphilippe in the mix. Mark Hershey's followed Alaphilippe like he was a bug. Uh, Albasini takes off right before the last climb, which the last climb peaks somewhere around 13k to go. Uh, Luis Leon Sanchez in the uh, splendid in the uh, Spanish champions jersey. He took a little flyer and look at that. Alaphilippe isn't letting anything go up the road. Casanova. He has a horrible thing. He's kicking his rear derailleur. That thing's not working. Uh, I, I've been there, done that. Uh, Tom Dumoulin looking good. You know what's happening here. He's, I'm like, oh, well, Roglic must be feeling well because Roglic is like fourth place. You got uh, Kwiatkowski on Dumoulin's wheel, though, is the world champ, Ala Philippe. And Pogachar is back there, Mark Hershey, Mike Woods, Matthew Vanderpool. And Vanderpool's looking a little bit more straggly, but that's kind of the, the way the top is, is weeding itself out. And we're going to take a look 800 meters up to the top of this thing. Dumoulin just keeps the pressure on over and over and over. You know, Dumoulin ends up coming off of this thing, as you can imagine, when people finally start to uh, make their cake and, uh, and eating it too. No, really starting to take off. and uh, But he, he ends up drifting back in the second group, kind of like a, a, a fill for um, Roglic, if there's any trouble. Lucian Sanchez having trouble, coming spit out the back after he had already taken a hard pull, trying to, I don't know what that move was. Who's up there for Astana? Not really many much. Uh, Mike Woods making a move around. Hershey's still up in there. Pogacar, now it's thinning out with Dumoulin Stretching this thing, and you got the main guys. Now talk about Mike Woods. A few years ago, I want to say two years ago, it was a LBL Liage bastogne liege He goes over the final climb here with Bob Jungles. Bob Jungles at the time with well he's still with Decoyna uh, makes his move over the top. Mike Woods turns around, looks back, and decides to just not follow the wheel. They never bring Jungles back. Woods ends up second or third that year. Alaphilippe 400 meters, basically to the top of the climb. He attacks Tom Dumoulin peels off kind of does what he does though. He still keeps the pressure on Kwiatkowski Hershey with not much problem at all. Kwiatkowski has a little bit more problem. He ends up gapping off Roglic and Pogacar Hershey with a big strong move here. 300, it's already been hundred meters, a little bit about close to 150. And he brings back Alaphilippe, unlike what he was able to do at worlds. They let Alaphilippe go this time. It's just a little bit different Hershey with no problem. And then you see right on the back of the wheel there. Roglic. Keep him in mind because he, to me, this is where I was like, oh, there's a little bit of difference in the way he was able to pull this thing back. Now, not only that, but then when they go over the top, 200 meters here, right over the top, Ruglich just goes right to the front and starts doing his thing. A little, little gap here to Pogachar, Mike Woods. Mike Woods, once again, doing his thing where, I mean, he's right on the wheel of Pogachar trying to bring him back and then Kwiatkowski. No one else really in the mix for this on the final area here, where they had a def- decent enough gap. Mike Woodzo, you've gotta do what you gotta to do to get back up there. You are so close to these guys and you need to get on and sit on. And then I'm gonna show a few little highlights here of uh, some selection coming around and what I think are probably the the race winning moves besides the actual race <laughs> winning move which was this is a separation move here but I think there were some other things that really played into it. Look how close right at the bottom of the screen Mike Woods is. Pagachar is just getting close, not even a second to Mike Woods. He can't close this down and at this point you've got Kwiatkowski coming by him instead of being able to jump on his wheel, he lets a gap go there. Kwiatkowski ends up closing this gap. Mike Woods, never to see the front again, sits in there. and does get a little bit of help from Vanderpoel. But at this point, 12K to go, we got pretty good cohesion from this front group. These are all guys that had let Alaphilippe basically, look, who are we missing here from Worlds? We're missing Wout and we're missing Fulsang. Fulsang's in the tour of Italy and Wout might be on a beach somewhere uh, drinking a Mai Tai. Uh, he decided, I don't think he was in this race. But other than that, you've got a lot of the same mix, same guys. These guys have been um, stage one of the tour last year. Uh, you had actually, was a stage one? Yeah, stage two, stage two of the tour where you had Alaphilippe going solo um, up the climb and then you had Yates going with him and then Mark Hershey ends up bridging up there. This time Hershey's like, I've done this before, I'm doing it again, but he gets out sprinted by him. Got out sprinted and foiled by Alaphilippe at the tour. Look at the gap here. Now back to Mike Woods, not being able to close it down. And Mike Woods basically just, uh, that's where he blew it. I don't know that he would, well, as we'll see here in the finish, it could have been anybody's game for this finish on the sprint, the way that it played out and the way that the UCI had to do things. 10K, Michael Woods is finally getting swallowed up by Vanderpool. And this is a race winning move here. They're, they're down to like 10 seconds, and Hershey takes an attack. What it does, though, it pops off um, Kwiatkowski. Alaphilippe easily goes with it. And then you've got uh, Roglic and Pogachar having to claw the way back. But the time gap at this time ends up creeping itself from 10, now it's already up to 15 seconds. And by the time Roglic and Pogacar get up there, it's close to 20 some seconds. So they ended up stretching this gap out. Look, typically this kind of attacking is not going to be a good thing. It's like, oh, they're infighting. It's actually slower than just going at constant speed, but it upped the pace for these guys and it gave them just a little bit of an impetus because what happens here is once they get caught, now they've got a 20 some second gap. And of course, you know, the timing could be off. Then you're going to have Roglic basically do the exact same thing. And at this point, it's a rubber band that just snaps everything. Back in the field, Matthew Van Der trying to pull along Mike Woods. He's hoping to help him. we got Richie Port back here and Tish Banu, not going to help. Uh, also, Dumoulin, he's not going to help. See, just a little bit after that, the gap's already up to 25 seconds. And here goes Roglic. What I think Roglic and Hershey's two moves here... It just consolidated and actually Roglic, this little rise, they get rid of, like I said, uh, Kwiatkowski, he's no longer there. And this just kept the, the putting the pressure on these guys. Cause this little move and he's flicking his elbow was not much more than to get these guys up the road. Mahe Mohoric another Slovenian 10.2 K kind of makes a move and you don't see him again until one K inside one K to go. Eight kilometers later, it looks like the group's working well. They have uh, back down to 14 seconds. they got a little panic, but they had to do what they have to do. You got Mike Woods on the front of the chase group. Matthew Vanderpoel, they're still doing it. Once again, Sunweb's just sitting on the back here as is uh, Tom Dumoulin in the bunch. And I don't see much of CCC giving much help to coin a quick step. They're not going to do anything. And luckily for Mike Woods, he doesn't have to wear that. Oh, he does have Roberto, Rigoberto Uran. He doesn't have to wear the uh, nasty little jersey that they are wearing in the jill Back up ahead, five, six K to go. As you can see, the, the four riders up front still working well together. But we're gonna start taking a look at uh, Ala Alaphilippe. Alaphilippe was kind of riding like he was, I don't wanna say he's high, but he was really strung up. I don't know if his last bottle was a little too high in the caffeine or something else, because he starts riding super jumpy. He's already a little bit spastic as it is, but you start to have a few little things. You're gonna go down this hill here. He's up in the front. Next thing you know, he, he does some wide, he reminds me of the Bob jungles and the, the Hanoi. Uh, and oh, look at that move. And we're gonna slow this real quick in slow motion. I and mean, they're doing, you know, really fast speed. And he just decides to pull out. Right what if they're overlapping a little bit? He would have taken out Hershey, he would have, he would have wiped out that whole front group, which, you know, he maybe should have tried there. I don't think he would have been relegated for any of his move at that point. point, two K to go pack is still coming down on him, 20 some seconds, uh, good chase group going here. But these guys, there's a lot of descending and they've changed the LBL. It used to come into the last K and a half, and it was kind of a nasty little uphill rise. I remember that from Mike Woods, uh, Roman Bardet, Bob Jungles when he won, and then Fulsang when he won last year was, maybe it was the same course, but they don't do that this year. So, 1K to go, coming into the barriers through here, Mahoric Now he's, oh, he's chasing on hard. Take this, look at that move that... <laughs> Ella Philippe did. I don't know what that is. That's your that's your cat five move at best. Here we go in slow mo. Looks back. Oh, jumpy. I mean, he could have, once again, these guys are pros, so they're not overlapping wheels, but that can easily happen. He could have taken out Roglic and Hershey in one fell swoop as he did there. Anyway, coming down the last corner, uh, he comes over to the. He, being, um, Alaphilippe does the right thing, puts aside and the barriers. wants everyone to pass him on the correct side of the road. He's just lining things up. But then here's another interesting aspect. This whole race has so many interesting aspects. Uh, once, once again, Alaphilippe is trying to do his best to crash everyone out once. Oh my word. That's like five times. We've seen that here, maybe in the end, but Mahoric, a super, super fast descender. And not only that, he's a guy that can time trial really good. But what I don't understand is watch Mahoric creeps up to them on the back, maybe thinks he's going to be doing a favor, for, and he attacks immediately. I think he should have sat on. There's no way that group behind is catching, and he probably got a pretty good kick. He creates absolutely zero distance. All these guys are jumpy, and he maybe took a gamble that they wouldn't be able to uh, come around him. flip then kicks inside, 150 to go, starts on the right side, looks over, tries to crash out Hershey and Pogacar, and then posts up with about 50 to go. Ugh. And when I was watching this at home, my wife's like, Oh my God, what's wrong? Cause I was, I immediately like screamed like a schoolgirl. You can see, he looks back, look at the, look back. He sees her. She's there on his left, everyone else. And instead of holding the barrier line, he swerves hard to the middle of the road. This is the kind of thing that instantly the fever usually is starting to draft some pleading on a lawsuit. Look at it from the over above comes around Mahoric. Once again, what was Mahoric doing? I guess he was helping out his Slovenians. Uh, not a bad tactic if he wants a contract with one of their teams next year. There's the look back, recognizes Hershey, who has a line on him, who's coming around hard fact, starting to, ooh, pulls his foot out, knocks over a, as a domino into Bogachar, puts his foot back in, her, uh, Hershey does, and look at Roglic with the bike throw at the end. One more time from the front, a little bit closer in, looks back. Recognition Swerves to the middle of the road, foot out, hand waves by Hershey. Another one here by Pogacar gives the F-bomb. And the bike throw by the man himself, Roglic. Ooh. Did you win? Oh, no, I do a bike. Oh, you won? Yeah, I won. That's what Roglic said. And there's where the recognition is from those guys of who won liege Baston liege getting enough of this stuff going on here. All right. Look, that was pretty horrendous uh, riding. So what happened? Well, actually, we probably should have <laughs> continued to let that go because what, what you're going to end up seeing is the overhead position of – there you go. There's the bike throw right at the end. Gets him by quarter of a wheel, Roglic, over Alaphilippe and Hershey. The problem you have, as probably everyone knows here, is that uh, so Roglic actually wins the bike race outright, which I think was the very best uh, scenario you could have had, because if he had not done that, I think you would have been in the did the UCI have the balls to relegate Alaphilippe? I mean, it was pretty egregious. Once again, we we just categorized and shown like multiple offenses all the way through. Dude is strong and not riding his... Ba- I don't know what it is. I don't know I don't know that I've seen him quite that dangerous on a bike before. I mean, so many different times. I don't know if he was... And I think the post-up or the move out actually before the post-up was a move of desperation. I think it was one trying to... Uh, he was a little bit desperate on he didn't maybe have the kick he knew that what hershey can he knew what hershey can do and i think he was weary of that so he took that hard line to the middle to try to just cut it off a little bit totally understand that's what you do as a sprinter you don't make moves quite that you reminded me of a junior you know we've talked about this before about how juniors ride and race and sometimes they've never been in a car so they don't understand well, they've been in a car but a lot of them aren't driving yet or they're not don't have all the same experience and so they don't understand about head checks they don't understand about you know moving gently into a lane and they just rush out there and i think that's well that's obviously what uh, Philippe did in the end the uci relegated him front to the back of that pack behind mahork so you had first place Ruglich, second place mark hershey third place Pagacar. and i don't know if there was a picture uh we could see that i don't know how clear it was but um where as they're going across the line and Ala Philippe starts doing his big big condor wingspan post up um Pogacar gives the F-bomb, and he kind of raises the hand, and he's upset. Yeah, Uh I think what happens with that with a clean sprint, first of all, it would have been fantastic because Roglic was really coming up fast. That was interesting to see. But Alaphilippe had, had enough of a gap, and, and he probably would have beat Roglic, so you wouldn't have had Roglic winning this. But I think you have Mark Hershey winning. I Definitely, he was making the move up past him, and I think he – I mean, look, even as it was, he was able to re – put his foot in the cleat and still, you know, just be a bike length or two behind or Pragacha, All those guys have a little bit of a kick and that was exciting to see. And it would have been really good to see if, if the little Frenchman hadn't have been, um, trying to cheat there, cheat his way into the, the finish. First place, second place, third place, fourth place, all fifth place, even, uh, all the way down, uh, really outstanding. Now, is this the curse of the rainbow Jersey? Absolutely not. Curse of the Rainbow Jersey would have been him um, eating Dunkin' Donuts beforehand and not even make it to the finish. He made the decisive move up the Falcon, 13K to go. He drove that thing to the finish. He made the sprint uh, all the way out. He tried to clip these guys multiple times. That's not a world, <laughs> that what a world champion does that's uh, in the curse. No, Curse uh, Rainbow Jersey does not get up there to make that kind of kick. So I'm not giving that uh, any credibility at all for the Curse of the Rainbow Jersey. All right. What about the tour, uh, tour of Italy, the Giro d'Italia? Started out uh, stage one, and uh, I thought we'd take a quick look here, at um, share the screen here, and we'll, we'll take a look at two little wrecks that happened previously from Miguel Angel Lopez. This is from, and, and I'm trying to get copyright strikes here again, but these uh, these groups they love me. Is this sort um, of- this is the Tour de France, you may remember this, comes around the corner, everyone's yelling, hey, you know, let's slow down, slow down, and he's like, oh, grab hey, head first, bam, right into, right into the mailbox. Uh, you probably remember that, and we can also, something similar happened this time in the uh, Volta. Time trial, 15 kilometers, it's pretty, has a little bit of a hill up, and then from there it goes down, down, down and it was, I think, the fastest Tour de France time trial. I mean, sorry, time trial, grand tour time trial on record. And here you got Lopez. Not a great time trawler, but he's coming through um, near the finish. You know, he's nine minutes into, like, a 15-minute effort. Takes his hand off the bars, kind of sits up, bike bobbles, and headfirst into the... Oh, that's tough to watch. Uh, I think this goes to, you know, guys like this... When I say guys like this i mean like someone who's been doing the tour and now he goes into the giro he's not had a lot of time to practice on his oh, there we go not a lot of time to practice on his time trial bike and then i don't think he, this guy's practicing much on his time trial bike anyway so this is a, you know he's not really doing much of this kind of it's not like ghana who's out there the doing uh, you can riding it the ton the and uh, who ended up winning this thing put the guy put down a, a time that was uh, out of out of this world he ends up taking the pink jersey and he's your first Giro Magli Rosa, the wearer of the pink jersey for the Vuelta. And then we had stage two. Stage two is a uh, 150 or so, 148 kilometers, um, ending with a little about a two and a half, three kilometer uprise, and then a kicker up there. And you had some guys taking off. Diego Luisi ends up going up the road, uh, really making a move. And uh, Peter Sagan ends up connecting, but Luisi was able to kick again. Ulysses, and he ends up winning it easily with a nice post-up for stage two. Stage three, we went up Mount Edna today. And with that, well, it was pretty exciting. First of all, in the feed zone, you had Sadness. You had, uh, and I saw a video. Kurt and Chris sent me a video. It's uh, Garrett Thomas. They're, They're still in, did I say the feed zone? I'm at the neutral zone. Kobe Bryant, did I say Kobe (laughs) Bryant? They're in the neutral zone, and they're going past you know, crowds of people, and suddenly um, there's bottles all over the ground. It didn't look like a rough road, and then Garrett Thomas hits a bottle, blows out his front wheel, and he just slides, and he's down. And he looked pretty hurt. Well, as it was, they do this this, uh, slog today, and then they end up about 15K going up the uh, Mount Etna. Uh, By the way, they started down there in what, Sicily area? A little island off the coast down there in the southern part of, of italy and they crossed over there's like a volcanic mountain and uh, they thomas he was having trouble and he ends up you know when you tune into the last 15k he's already off the back he's not even a part of this up the road though is uh caschaga i want to say that he is a the writer for ef education um he is their ecuadorian writer he caschado Jonathan Clever Cuchedo. Luckily for him, he's also the Ecuador national champion, so he got to wear the Ecuador national champion jersey instead of the actual uh, Palace skateboards one. But he's up the road. He and Giovanni uh, Visconti get a bit of a break. Uh, They were in the earlier break, and like Lawson Craddock laid it down pretty good for setting his team up, uh, who ended up going up the road. But then from behind, you've got Thomas going out the back. Wilco Kelderman ends up making a little bit of a break for it ralpho michael ralpho michael had a teammate and i'll have to look and see exactly um if i could find out who he was because i did not recognize him little climber fabio there you go mateo Fabro. dude was on the front making pace and it was making everyone hurt and at some point they're just kind of all like well why do we keep following you so he, he kept <laughs> gapping the front and then he'd go up the road and then he'd come back to him and he's like okay well i'm gonna go and he, at one point he's shaking his head because people weren't latching onto him. him i was like I don't think everyone wants to go your pace. And Rafa Micah, he's like five, 10 people back. He didn't even want to go that pace. So at some point, this uh, this little climber guy um, kind of like bent over uh, everyone and then decided that he just didn't want to do it. And he got spit out the back, but it was pretty nasty little climb up there. Uh, Wilco Kelderman comes in fourth place. You've got, let's just show everyone the, the results here. Shadow, first place. Visconti, and this is kind of important here. 21 seconds back. Uh, Harm Van Hauk in third. These are guys from the break. Will, and then you got Wilco Kelderman. He came out of the peloton with full song, Um 20-some seconds back from him. Rafa Micah, he did good. Thanks for his uh, teammate. Vincenzo Nibali, Jonathan Castroviejo. He's kind of their plan B or C now, I guess, for Ineos because uh, Garrett Thomas, no longer. Also, who's no longer? Simon Yates, he got spit out on the climb. Pulp Zavivo. I was really hoping that uh, Pulp Vivo the bull-legged little uh, man there from uh, Italy riding for NTT that he could do something, partly because NTT could use some positive results. Uh, Steven Croyswick, he popped off this group, just only lost six seconds. He had had some... Uh, and then Jao Omelio uh, for Decoigne Quick Step. Minute three back, he is tied exactly on time with Cacheto. So the, what you have is a countback. And since he had done better than him the first two days, at least the, definitely in the time trial, he ends up with the pink jersey, Yao Almeida, quick step in the bleed. Um, and Jonathan Casado of EF Pro in second, Pelo Babao in third, Wilco Kelderman. Brandon McNulty, 110 back in eighth place. Great job, Brandon. Um, you know, you had done really well in uh, you, like I'm talking to him. You listen to this show? In uh, Tour San Luis earlier this year, going at it with um, Remco Evenepoel, And I think, I'm trying to remember back there, but it seemed like to me, even when they were doing those big climbing, you had Ghana, Filippo Ghana on the, on the pack with Remco and Brandon McNulty. Who wants to double check me on that and see if that's uh, actually the truth? If so, kudos to you. Um, the next few days of the tour, the Giro, um, let's see if there's anything else. For this. First of all, points, Diego Luisi, the youth category, Ajao, uh, Almeida, KOM, Cachado, the team to coin a quick step and trek in third on that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see um, what happens with McNulty coming up. And tomorrow, the stage for the Giro. Just got a big climb out in the middle, 140K. Probably sprinters can get over that. It's just a Cat 3 climb. Stage Stage 4. Here's Stage 5. Stage 5 actually have the Cat 1 near the finish, so that would be a little bit more exciting and maybe get a big playoff. It's kind of like how today went, but I bet you're – I mean, it's a decent – Cat one climb there before a pitch down to the finish, so you should get to be able to see um, a little bit more GC action for that one as well. And then we are still heading up the coast, or actually, they might be heading down the coast. Uh, that one's got a little bit of a kick there, probably a little bit more sprinters. So, sprinters should be starting to have their day coming out here in the Giro with all that good stuff. How about uh, the ride of the day, the ride of the week, right of the month, or whatever in that? How do you feel about Philippe losing it? Um, personally, I was ecstatic when that happened. One of the best finishes I've seen in my life. Uh, I have I, you got to give it to Alaphilippe. I'm not I've, I've voiced this uh, many times. I'm not a huge fan of. I love his writing. I'm not a, just a huge fan of him. Maybe it's like I said. It's a team, kind of just the way they are. But seeing him go down like that was kind of. It's horrible to say. It was kind of cool. But I'm a big fan of all those other guys that were in the break. I wanted to see. I really wanted to see a straight up. Four man, because I and I give anything to you, Mahoric kind of came in and blew it. Four man sprint to see who would just pull that out. I think Hershey would have would have got it. And that really sucks for him. And it was really um upstanding to see Hershey, Pogachar talk afterwards, kind of just downplaying it, being okay. Dude, you're young. Uh you may not get another chance. You never know. Um, you know, you got you got worked over. You had pulled out of the pedal when you were coming by this guy. That's that's really shitty. And Pogacar, he didn't even get a chance to get round up to speed. He was still overlapping bikes with Hershey as well. Why? Because he was in the mix and you're all probably going to be coming past uh, Philippe. And I think Philippe, like I said, I think he was a little feeling, a little desperate when he made that move. Um, I think he knew where he was at. And then that's why he had such elation when he came across the line with his arms open wide a little too soon. And then you just have uh, Roglic who doesn't quit and Roglic. Give it to him. He, he gets the tour. It's in his hand. He's going to win the Tour de France, the biggest effing race in the, in the world, in the COVID world. He just Everything's just shitty, and he comes out. He dominates that race, goes into the time trial, gets his ass kicked, and there's, there's power numbers that have been released. And he was barely like six watts a kilo going out. But I don't think that he does much more than that. But I don't think he could have beat Pogacar. Could have mentally just been horrible. He comes out and stands up there in worlds and ends up being, uh, you know, with the top guys and the finish there. And then he comes out today and he ends up today, uh, LBL on, on Monday, on Sunday, and he gets the win. He didn't even finish when post up guy was posting up, trying to take the title. And he still did the bike throw. I give him a ton of credit for being in the head mentally in that game. So i'm I'm spreading it out. I'm giving it to Hershey. I'm giving it to Pogachar and I'm giving it to Roglic. I love those three guys. they rode great today or, what is this? they rode great on LBL and um, it's great once again. it's also great to see Ala Philippe doing what he does in the Rainbow Jersey showing himself for everyone. That's all we have today. It's episode two oh six in the books. Uh, check back my Quinn Simmons comments. You may or may not like it, but I, I think it was uh, something to keep in mind. Let's not hate on everybody. If someone has a different opinion. I doubt Quinn Simmons wants to send you to the gas chambers, and I doubt that um, he has the power to do that anyway. Take care, everybody.